Welcome to Self-Discovery Radio, where the discovery of self is just a show away. afternoon and good evening everybody welcome back to another edition of choose positive living with me your host sarah troy and my guest today paula bates she's an author an artist and an intuitive counselor writing has always been something that kind of has been there for her waiting for her to open up and download and i'm in the process of reading her book the atlantean legacy um i've only got halfway through and i'm enjoying it tremendously and i see so many kind of parallels and metaphors to life here which is what we draw our inspiration from it also makes us look at life in a totally different way so we are going to be discussing the the book but we're also going to be discussing past life um regression workshops and um her art which is beautiful when you look at the posting you'll see her art is absolutely gorgeous as well so we have a lot to cover here today of this very very talented lady past life uh, regressionist therapist um, certified sixth century practitioner and intuitive counselor a licensed mental health counselor a reiki master the artist a novelist um you know the list goes on so she's more than qualified to kind of give us a story or take us down a path that helps us discover who we are and what we're here for and what is our story and the only way we're going to find that out is if we go on the journey and uh, put our own pen to paper in our old li- uh, own library of life so paula you very talented lady welcome to the show well thank you very much i'm really thrilled to be here today it's i'm very excited about it well, as I say, I'm halfway through the book, and you know I'm loving where it's going, and I just wish I had actually managed to fee- uh, to read it, but I do get a, a lot of books with the shows and a, that time, that thing called time, and you know I'm trying yeah. to fit everything in. But I'm really I'm intrigued with it uh, at the present moment. It's, it's set the plot. It's set uh, you know where everybody thinks of Atlantis, you know, as being the harmonic, uh, supreme, you know, wonderful place which is kind of the metaphor for life as well. But, you know, undercurrent, all the things that are going wrong or that have gone wrong due to man's ego or insecurities or greed. And um, it's a story that we see over and over in life. But, you know, what was it about what was going on in your life at the particular time that, you know, that the Atlantic legacy said, I've got to be written, let me out? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did attend a... A workshop with Dr. Brian Weiss, and that was in New York City, and it was actually in 2002, April of 2002, so it wasn't too long after 9 11. Mm-hmm. I had lived in New York up until July of uh, 2001, so I had a connection, a strong connection. I'd lived there for a, few, a year or so, and I had come back to visit. So there, it was different in New York at that point. And I'm sure that that had something to, having to do with triggering that information that came through. When I did the workshop and he regressed everybody in the group, I was just having a good time. You know, I was just having fun. I was playing in New York, and that was that was wonderful. But then this 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 lifetime came through that I really didn't expect at all. I 
I have had past life experiences before with regression in my own meditations and such, but I had never connected to Atlantis. So when this came through, it was very surprising, and it was very strong. It was very powerful. It really left me reeling. I woke up from the trance, came out of the trance, and I was just teary-eyed and shaking because it was a snippet of the last part of Atlantis, and in that vision that I had, I was watching it go down. It was it was very uh, intense. Yes, I can imagine. Um, I mean, you you know, you had your, your cognitive memory of the fact that it has gone down and you know disappeared, but for to actually you know, jump into that memory and see it happening, and mm-hmm. you know, and all the the course you know, the pain and the anguish that, and the energy that goes around with it at that time, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's quite a memory to jump into. You know, quite a, a heavy one. It's a pity they didn't introduce you to something a little softer first. Um, that's f- throwing you in the deep end for sure. <laughs> Yes, the universe seems to be doing that to me a lot, <laughs> throwing me in the deep end. Uh, it must know you can swim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, obviously now you're compelled to know more. Yes, absolutely. So I went to some other past life regression therapists and found a few other little pieces here and there. I went to an actual week-long training with Brian Weiss to learn how to do the past life regression myself um, so I kept getting encouraged by friends and by my own inner urgings to write it so mm-hmm. I did I sat down in front of the computer hoping that something would come through and I put myself in a trance and played the music and did all the things I could do to allow that to come through and boy did it mm-hmm. it, just, it just shot through and so I feel like I was given this it came through, the main story came through in, over a period of time, of course, but it came through. I did have to do editing and clean it up and all those kinds of things that you need to do to get something published. But the essence of the story came through without any effort on my part at all other than just writing the words or the story that I was given. And this was surprising to me, too, because I have never considered myself to be a writer. Mm-hmm. I only wrote papers for school and that sort of thing. So that that was really something. Yeah, they, they, you know, they say that when that book needs to come out, it will find its avenue. And, uh, you know, it's it taps into your own divine intellect and your own divine energy and just, you know, channels it. Um, mm-hmm. And um, as you see, you have no idea what comes out. It's the way I write. I haven't written books yet, but it's the way I write. You know, I have no idea what's going to happen until the first key, <laughs> you know, presses right. down, and then you let it out. And it, and then when you read back, it, it is quite amazing because every word that you write is a journey you've taken, isn't it? It's not just yeah. you know words on a page that come back to you. You feel that you've actually taken that journey. So the re- the writing of this book must have been a real feeling of presence of you being there. Mm-hmm. It was. And one of the things I loved about the book uh, was that it did take me into that place. And I, I, was, I was lost in Atlantis for a while in a good way and really was enjoying it. And then after I wrote it, I kept wanting to reread it because it t- kept taking me back into that place. And something that I find very interesting about this process um, is that because it was channeled 
and given to me in that way, I'm still learning from the book. And people ask me what I feel about certain things, and it's like I have to think and learn the lesson myself. It's being presented to me as well. So that's been a real interesting thing for me to actually become aware of, that it's a, it's a work in progress still for me. Mm-hmm. And the main character, Akana, um, mm-hmm. you know, is this somebody you identify with or is it somebody you kind of saw and you knew you were a spectator? Well, no, I identified with her, uh, the, the, her, her being, her essence. Uh, and, and so, yes, I felt like I had lived like she's my soul sister or another past life or uh, we're connected in some way. It's not totally clear, but I'd like to think that she's my another past life that I had in Atlantis. You know, the interesting thing about her is that, you know, she is a very devote, divinely devote, um, and most certainly has got the gift. But there is that inquisitive mind of, you know, wanting to um, explore and understand and, uh, you know, turn over and, and absorb all the knowledge. And kind of, you know, she's on the way to Atlantis, the dream, the supreme, you know, um, absolute, everything she's ever thought of in life. Um, and then immediately she's told about all the horrors that are going on there. And mm-hmm. it kind of almost like a shattering of her illusion. But instead of being despondent about it, it becomes inquiry and adventure and seeking and understanding, which is only as far as I've got, unfortunately, in the book. Um, but it's, I love... I love people who have an inquiring mind, who want to understand, who want to unravel something and see deeper. And when it's done through you know, a book, a storyline, I think we um, turn stones over, so to speak, and look deeper than we would, than we do in our own real lives. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was just pleased that this was given to me in a fiction form. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that that's really makes it fun. And it's, it's, not only is it a metaphysical book with lessons and things in it, if you want to take it that way, it's also a romance story, and I've also been told it gets a little racy in places, because <laughs> it is a romance story, and it does get into the idea of uh, sexuality and sacred sexuality and, and the things, the rites that they did in the temple, so that that gets in there too, and it's all just such a metaphor for various parts of our own lives, the things that we're doing for our own healings and for our own just growth, personal growth here. I want to touch on that actually because I I went to bed last night and I'm falling asleep and then, you know, a thought came into my mind about you have many, many religions that abstain from anything physical. Sex is absolutely taboo. You cannot have a connection with the divine if you are a sexual being. And then you have the sexual beings that say by being a sexual and sensual being, you are closer to the divine. And it seems to be that is more what you have brought into the story here of how the the sexual and sensual awakens up the senses so that you can be more connected. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that that's, is, is part of the storyline there that they had a ritual where they would connect uh, it was it was like the the uh, uh, ritual of what they they did around the time when after they came into pu- puberty or um, uh, when they were ready to be with a mate 
with an, a partner, and then they would have this ritual that they would go through. And in some ways, it was very beautiful and, and very uh, loving, but in other ways, there was a place where the government had gotten in there and corrupted the, <laughs> the process. That sounds familiar. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, and, and used it as a way to control people's sexuality. So it, it was uh, not positive in that way. And in fact, that's in the story. That's how there's there's this uh, opening or crack, and it comes in through that particular area, through the sexuality, through the sexuality rights where, where uh, they are infiltrated. And that's how the Atlantis goes down, actually, as a result of that. Well, you know, that's game metaphorically for what's going on in the world, isn't it? Is that if yeah. we're allowed to live in our divine being, you know, and, and connect, and each one of us has our own particular connection, our own particular gift, our own reason for being here. Um, it's it's our DNA calling, you know, it's what we were designed to do when we came here. And if we, you know, tune in and tap in and live authentically in that path, uh, you know, we are contributors to the world and we live a very few, uh, full and, and beautiful and vibrant life, you know, living in that beautiful harmonic harm, um, harmony of good vibrations. But it always seems to be, and the, and you look at this through the history of time, you know, somebody, uh, i.e. government or ruler or dictator coming in and through ego, through greed, through the need of power, um, comes in and shatters everything. And it seems to be a pattern that humans have lived over and over again through you know, the beginning of time. Is there ever going to be a time we're going to learn? Well, I hope there is going to be a time when we will learn, but that's part of what I think the purpose of this book is. One of the, one of the purposes is to uh, point that out, that we can learn from our mistakes, and that if we understand we do not need to be in this fear-based place all the time and looking outside of ourselves for uh, protection from the government or from other external sources, that if we connect to our own divine source, that we actually are safe and are don't need those external things. It's like you you were saying, you know, if you you stay in that flow, uh, but it, it has to be. I think for us each, to, for there to be world peace, we each have to um, have do peace. our own inner work. Yes. Do our own inner, inner work. So there's a collective kind of consciousness 100% you know it's you want more peace in the world than be find peace within your life because that exudes that peace out to the world um and you know I think what we're looking at at the present moment is you know um we're looking at the discord in the world but we're also looking at a raise of vibration of people who are embracing that inner person letting it out honoring who they are and why they're here you know, who've raised their vibration. We're seeing this so much, and I'm seeing, the, you know, kind of a fight of the balance of the scale at the present moment. And, you know, let's just look at the political candidate, uh, that, you know, going on in the States right now, where you have one candidate that just literally incites hate and loathing and, um, and you know, beyond that. I mean, <laughs> from an outside yeah. thing, we're looking in and going... I don't even know how he's allowed to carry on because yeah. anybody else would have been, you know, either arrested or disqualified by now. And, uh, you know, a statement, I could go out and shoot somebody and my followers would still follow me. 
you know and i think that is the test that humanity has at the present moment you have somebody that says that well we all know that is morally wrong that is you know um disgraceful and disgusting to think that person he thinks he has that much power and then you look at the other side of the scale where somebody is literally working with the people uh, to fight for them like a crusader you know um, for the rights of all human beings this is the test I think we're seeing at the present moment of wake up this is your chance for change make the right choice because this will be where the world goes and you know, you kind of cover it there in the book, but if you take it out of the book and look at it in relation to real life, we're in that testing phase right now, aren't we? Yes, we are. And um, and as I said, that's that's part of the message of this book is that we can change it. That's that's what has come through is we can change it. It's not we're not destined to repeat it over and over again. And I agree with what you said about the vibration is changing. Twenty sixteen is that the year of expansion of, of mm-hmm. moving into our bigger selves um, and that's what we each individually are being asked to do and, and as we do that I do think that it, there's that shift there's the hundred mo- hundredth monkey effect where mm-hmm. we do come into that collective consciousness and we are raising the energy and I think that maybe the person you were referring to is mm. is, is uh, personifying the shadow side for us. Yeah. And I think that's maybe even might be really important for him to be there. To oh, yeah. To actually see it so... In your face. In our faces. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the rest of the world is aghast. Yeah. Um, and yet, you know, there still seems to be this, you know, hysteria of cheerleading over him. And it's a, it's a time to step back and have a damn good look at what you're cheering on. And is this yeah. what you count for? Is this what you stand for? Is this who you are? And I think this is a, a real good time for everyone to look in the mirror and have that honest conversation of what do I stand for and what am I willing to step up? to uh, to do for not only for myself but for my fellow man mm-hmm. and for each of us we we need to be in touch with what our next big step is mm-hmm. and that's the only thing you can do because sometimes that sort of a thing might seem really overwhelming but if you break it down into your next step which is the only thing you can do and you take that step and you embrace it then y- you're doing all that you can do think all that you can do just to take the next step and that 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 kind of takes the pressure off a little bit but it also puts the challenge on you to actually make that next step well that next step is the now isn't it yes you know if you're paying attention to your now and and Uh your every now you're actually paying attention and seeding you know your future and you're making sure that you've got a good past to look back on so it's it's not about your goals five years from now. It's about your next five minutes. Yes. And and I think I think that's I really like that myself. That it's it's about your next five minutes because mm-hmm. it makes it so doable. Yes. So approachable. You can, you can do it. And and of course that willingness to step up and take ownership. Right. This is my life. Uh, stuff may happen to me, but my reaction to it or my courage and facing my challenge and rising above or learning from it is what my life's journey is about. And I have a choice of who I wish to be. 
Am I going to be the victim of why me or angry and want to have everybody else accountable in life for what's happened to me? Or am I going to say, I have still the gift of life within me and I'm going to take everything I've learned and, you know, take it with me in life's lessons because it strengthens me. We really have to change the way we look at life, don't we? Yes, that we are not victims and that yeah. we can take um, our lives. We can, we can do our lives. and We don't have to have other people doing them for us or, or controlling them from the outside. That's a huge point. We can do our lives. You know, that when it comes down to it, there's people, you know, like you and loved ones and, and other people around that are there to guide you, to help you, to share their story, uh, to share their house, their tools. But that's all you can do because you can't do it for someone. You can just show them the path, the light, the tools, but ultimately everybody is responsible for their own journey and, and stepping up to take ownership of it. Mm-hmm. And and just to address that, for me, uh, to share with the audience, uh, this has been a huge thing for me to start marketing my book and to go on radio interviews such as your show, which is just actually quite lovely. I'm really enjoying myself. Good <laughs> um, to hear that. <laughs> um, it, it's been huge. I've been. Uh, I'm not a person who's out there that much. I'm. I'm kind of quiet. I'm kind of shy. I'm an artist. I'm a writer. I, I kind of. Um, I'm not a public speaker. So this for me has been what I feel. The, the um, universe has said, "Okay, Paula, this is your next step. Yeah. You need to expand here, honey. It's time. Go ahead, do it." And I had the synchronistic, um, just a whole lot of synchronistic steps that brought me to this place because. A year ago, I was saying, I'm not doing radio shows. I'm not doing any of that. Um, and and then they these things just laid out for me, and it was just amazing when I look back at how how the book started and how it all got published, and how I found people to help me do it, and how now I'm doing these radio shows. It just it's a, it's mind boggling, and I don't even know what's going to happen as a result of it. But it doesn't matter. It it doesn't matter because it's the next step. And the thing is, you wouldn't be given the gift of the book with all its teachings uh, uh, for you just to write it for yourself. It was written because it is that tool, you know, and that pathway for other people to follow. Um, Some of the books that have had the biggest impacts on me uh, have always felt more um, faction than fiction because I can see so much. I, I always see more of reality and metaphysical than I do in in self-help books because it takes you on a journey where you start paralyzing you know paralyzing your own life I can relate to that my life is doing that you know I maybe not you know in, in Atlanta you know being a high priestess or anything but when you look at those things that yes I've allowed that to get in my way or um, I, I have the courage to do that or I have done that in some way and look at you know how far I've come I just help it, it it's such a wonderful way of helping you look at your own life and how far you've come or or even tools that you can use to moving forward so even though it's fiction it becomes faction for me because there's so many facts in that that you can apply to your life no I like that I like that goes from fiction to faction. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. that's what a good book does. 
you want to put it down and you want to make it feel uh, you know that you the feeling is is that you were there you were living it you you became that character um it related with you and there isn't that um distinction of it's in an unreal world the a good book will take you and where you are in that real world and when you put that book down you were part of that journey and i think that is you know this is what i'm enjoying about your book right now it's taking me into that world and i'm intrigued to see where it goes um because again immediately uh, you know you see those parallels with what's going on in life at the present moment and sometimes through fiction which i call you know faction when you when you start looking at the facts of what's going on around us it helps you see life and what's going on around you more clearly mm-hmm. right because you're stepping out of it you, when you look at what's going on in life it becomes so intimidating i don't want to hear it oh not him again but when you read a book and then you see what's going on in that and then you go, yeah, that's that person. Yeah, that's that's what's going on. That's that's going on. But it points out what's going on in relation in life. But you're also sharing through the courage and the journey of the, of the person in the book of how to deal with it. And that's a huge key. Uh, yes, and, and also uh, well, in, along the same lines is that I've had many people who have read the book tell me that they actually have had their own experiences of Atlantis or they are relating in that they feel like they were actually there, which is very cool, and that they've also had these, uh, like the the book has some energy portals or something in in them that pull people in there, Mm -hmm. and I think that's very exciting when I get that kind of reaction from somebody, it's like they could pick up the energy, the, the real energy of yeah. Atlantis, and, and that that's really, really fun. I, for me, it's like it you're was, pulling it, them into another dimension. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, just, I just think that that was, that was one of the most fun things about this book, writing it, was going to Atlantis. I just love that. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You go into another dimension, and let's understand that all of these dimensions are real. You know, your thoughts, your dreams, and everything, they're all real just because you're physically not living them doesn't mean you're not living them in in mind and spirit and when you go into a book like this especially when it is so divinely written because the energy flows you know when a book is easy to read because the energy flows and you can see that energy just taking you from one page to the other um you know you are on uh, on a different dimension you are on a divine trip so your reaction and your journey in this book is very very real and it was definitely very, very real to me. Oh, and when I wrote some of the parts, the the really sad parts, I was like, oh, was, for days I would be sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> going around and I mean, knowing what, what was going to happen to Atlantis, and you know, you're taking it um, from a story when it's still thriving. You know, the troubles are... are are humming in the background, but they haven't come to the forefront yet. And, you know, it's, 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 um, you know, Narnia, it's, it's, you know, the place uh, um, uh, that everybody wishes they could be. Uh, but knowing, you know, that it went, you know, was it hard sometimes to write, you know, knowing that that was the outcome? It was sad. It was sad. It, it, it definitely hit me hard at times. And I had to just get away from it for a while so I did that um, but what the things I loved about it 
some of the things I really loved about it was seeing the, the culture and the mm-hmm. it was very technologically advanced and they used a lot of things with crystals and they, they did healing with crystal energy. They had tools where they put the crystals in and it was kind of focused kind of like a laser and heal people and they had they had uh, flying crafts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that in the beginning scene where she is flying over Atlantis, she's in one of their aircraft. There was just so much of that type of thing that was very exciting, very exciting. You, you know, I've, I have memories going back to the Inca. Um, I know I've been here for a very long time. Um, and, you know, some of my memories are just, you know, utterly, you know, profound. Um, and, you know, you look back and it's we at that time, everything was so advanced. But I think what wasn't is uh, mankind. You know, um, I have a partner whose theory is that with every life you live, there is that uh, knowledge imprint that goes on that psyche for as long as you've lived is the, you know, the knowledge that you've gathered in each lifetime. And, um, you know, with people having children later in life they're actually getting more of the knowledge from their parents imprinted on them as opposed to very young people um when you look at those past life things i think the advancement of where we were at at that time was incredible but the the humanoid at that time was not anywhere near developed in order to know what to do with it um and you know you talk about the slaves in this book and mm-hmm. it, I kind of feel that humankind were those slaves right in the beginning. I think that's what they were kind of developed for and kept as until their own intellect um, grew. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I, I can't, uh, one of the things that came through with this story was that they uh, made a, the, the original Atlanteans were from the Pleiades. So they were aliens, and they came down and they mated with the um, humans. Uh, and at the time when my book took place, there were really not, none of the pure alien blood left. There was mostly um, mixed, mixed. But there was also uh, the people who had what was the uh, enlarged cranium, the elongated cranium, Mm -hmm. and the uh, priests and priestesses had that, those enlarged cranium, almost all of them exclusively had that, and that actually allowed them to have uh, further, uh, more skills, more Mm -hmm. skills. They were able to be more intuitive and to use the crystal energy more fully and that sort of thing. But then as after Atlantis went down, the, the, the sense I've gotten from from the second book and, and the stories I've written is that we are right now, coming back to what you were saying, we are actually a mixture of all those things, of mm-hmm. the uh, slaves that they made, of the Pleiadians. Uh, it's a combination, and we have, we have the... Okay, folks, we seem to have a little glitch there. As I said, maybe it's uh, uh, some forces out there not wanting us to tell the story, but it is a story that needs to be told. And um, in, in reaction to, you know, the the aliens creating the humans and then the mixture and uh, and then ultimately, the, you know, the dilution, 
um, a couple of observations. You know, one was I know I was one of those aliens when I first came here and they went uh, back or wherever they went to. I'm still not quite sure, but I know that I elected to stay because I fell in love with a human. And I know that I was punished for that through my lifetimes because I've had a few past life memory um, come uh, come about and it's very, very interesting. You know, the other thing when we talk about heaven and hell, everybody thinks it's, you know, heaven's up in the universe, up in the divine and hell is down somewhere in a fiery pit. But when you talk about that dark blood, um, what we really could be looking at, the heaven and hell lies within us. It's in our choices. It's in the way we choose to view life and the choose in the way that we choose to interact and participate in life. And that's that darkness is always a challenge within us, isn't it? Yes, our shadow side that we are all have been working to come in touch with. I think many of us have anyway, to to get that harmonious balance to bring it to the forefront so it isn't like playing havoc with us behind the scenes. Um, and we all have those different parts, like you were saying, those different parts in, in us, which we can then use. Actually, sometimes the shadow side is actually a friend in that it has information for us and tells us where we need to do our work. Um, so that's a positive. So if you see it all as, as a positive and not a heaven or a hell or a good or a bad, but rather it just is. And this, these are our tools, and this is what we can use to move along and expand ourselves and, and grow our souls and grow grow our spirits here. And I think um, we, we don't have to go into a negative or positive spin on it at all. Right. Um, you know, I've been, I've, I know I've been in the darkness in, in a couple of lifetimes where when you're in such darkness, you're void of any consciousness because there is no connection to the divine. You know, you've gone extreme into one side. The thing about life is is the, the darkness and the light living together in, in yin and yang harmony, right? It's keeping that balance. Mm-hmm. And as you said, the, that darkness, uh, when you can see the light within the darkness, it's absolutely beautiful. But if you don't bring any lightness to that darkness, that darkness can be very, very encompassing and you, you can lose your connection. I know I have uh, in a few lifetimes and in this lifetime. Um, and I think some of the problems that we're looking at uh, with humanity today is a complete disconnect to that divine consciousness. Mm-hmm. And that's especially uh, evident with with uh, our dependence on our devices and mm-hmm. how we're out of our, we're really out of our bodies. We're out there uh, in in cyberspace so much of the time, and not even aware of what's going on in our bodies, which is pretty incredible. And you know, we we don't mind you astral traveling, you know, divine traveling, you know, dimensional traveling, but you know, as you said, the device traveling is not something that's taking you I- to that connection. It's taking you from that connection. Mhm. Mhm. And that connection is 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 so important for us. So I mean it, it's it, it is what we are. It's our essence that connection to the divine. To take that away is to take away our divinity um even our humanness in a way, I think. Cuz it makes us more um animal like, I think, more reactive to things rather than being proactive. You know what I, 
I've also observed, and I'm sure you have as well, our animal kingdom has become more humane than most of humanity. You know, you're seeing animals play and connect with one another that uh, those species should never even be in the same arena. And you're seeing such a beautiful intellect and a consciousness coming out in our animals that was not either there before or not observed before. And I think the animal kingdom at the present one and present moment is kind of teaching us how to be humane. I think you're probably right. Yeah, I probably need to correct what I was saying about the the becoming more animal like, becoming less humane is yeah. what we were doing. Yeah. And, and I, I, you're right, I mean, they're so special. My my dog, it's just, he's the smartest little guy and the sweetest little thing and and, and really cares, really cares. And they know, don't they, there? I mean, they're just, they know. the thing is about animals, and I think, and you see it with children as well, they haven't been contaminated with society's so-called intellect. You know, they just purely live in that now that moment that divine energy if you're in a bad mood or in a bad negative space they know it and they want to kind of help you reconnect they're there loving and nurturing you and sometimes just simply turning around and looking at a child or your pet you get a smile that comes over you and it is that loving connection that just brings you back to your now mm-hmm. absolutely they don't, you know, the, they don't plan for tomorrow, do they? I mean, it's no. purely the next moment. No, no they do their next step all the time. <laughs> exactly. There's something to be learned from it completely. So, you know, what, from writing this book, you've obviously discovered a great deal about yourself and one that you're, you know, you're a writer and a very good one. Um, and, you know, obviously the, the story itself has been something that's been very intriguing for you. But what was the what was that kind of one thing within yourself that you discovered that, you know, maybe was a aha moment? That uh, I have that connection to Atlantis, that um, I was possibly a priestess in another lifetime, that I had those abilities and that I want to reawaken those in a way I've been working to do. That is uh, a gift I was given through that book. And a lot of the practices of the high priests there, uh, or high priestesses there, is actually um, uh, maybe not literally, but you know, uh, kind of we could parallel that, uh, parallel that now, right? The same mm-hmm. practices, the same um, worshiping. To some degree, I I'm not quite sure I understand your question. Well, exactly. you know, the the high priests, if you look at their the, their practices, you know, in their connection to their divine and what they're meant to be doing here, mm-hmm. uh, you might not be able to take them literally because you're not in the temple with the crystals and everything around you. But you talked about that being that connection to perhaps you were, you know, a high priestess. Um, what kind of practicing are you doing in your high priestess of the now? Well, I I do I meditate and I connect to spirit in that way, and I also work with my art. Um, to segue into my art, uh, it's um, a way that the more the art I'm doing these days is more of a mixed media, um, where I actually have a council of guides, I've been told, that 
help me with my art and help me to create these spiritual vortexes, so to speak. I mm-hmm. mean, people look at them and they're they're very taken with the energy in them. And I do them and I say, where did those come from? Right. So, so that's I think that's kind of where it's gone off into. And then with the writing, it's it's like it becomes a for me that's where I'm opening up that place that allows that universal information to come through and that connection to the divine. Well, I picked three pictures to put up on your posting here, and there's one particular of the, you know, naked woman sitting on a chair, and you've just kind of got her back. And, you know, you can just just see almost somebody just running their fingers down her back. You know, it's just, uh, it's such a beautiful, you know, picture of her back, and, and just the kind of the innocence and the simplicity of it as well. Uh, it's very beautiful and the other one I chose was these flowers in a glass vase but they almost look glass-like themselves Um, you know translucent which is really beautiful and another one that is kind of a little more abstract but with the pastel colors and just constant movement you know of of, uh, roots and growth and reaching out and and branching out and so these three definitely spoke to me Well, I like those. I, I'm not quite sure which one you're talking about with the third one, but uh, if it is the one I think, yes, it's one of my ones I really love. It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the 60s in the, in this paisley print type of thing, which is rather neat. It's got pinks oh, and pales blues and, and, um, and teals and that type of thing into it. Long, yeah. long and skinny. Okay. And, but that's the thing, I love what you do with your colors. You know, they're very soft and inviting and embracing. You know, you, you, you know you've got colors there that are, that are very soft and soothing on the psyche. Mm, that's nice. That's a nice uh, interpretation. I like that very much. Well, art, rather like, you know, reading a book, you're going to see your own story when you read a book, right? Because you immerse yourself into the book. But art is the same thing. When you look at a piece of art, it's always not just it's a pretty picture. It invites you in um, to see how you relate to art. And I think this is why art is such a really significant thing in spiritual healing and in, in the invitation of soul and spirit to express. Mm-hmm. And I feel that way too when I when I'm doing the art. It's healing for me to to do it as well. And it uh, it also is wonderful to see the reactions I get from people, how uh, taken they are with my work, and how they'll say, "Oh, I just love that piece," and it just it just makes my heart sing because I know it's a touching them in a way that's really special to them. Well, your banner, which I also have on the posting, you know, it's kind of got so many symbols on there. And it uh, it actually reminds me of another book I read some time ago of, you know, symbols on a cave um, of shamans and, and past history and everything. And, um, you know, kind of when we look at it, there's there's always a symbol of something in life, isn't there, in, in anything that we look at, the books, the art. There's always something that's trying to, to tell us a story or or you know, show you where you're at at the present moment, you know, it's, that's why you can have a dozen people look at one picture and each one of them will relate to it in a different way. And that's the beauty of art, isn't it? 
Mm-hmm, absolutely. And you know, some of those symbols that were in some of those paintings that um, that's on my my uh, band is uh, they're petroglyphs. They're pictures. I took photographs of petroglyphs when I was out in uh, petroglyphing in Wyoming, and looking at these ancient ancient carvings on rocks that are just they're so old they don't know when they were done or how they were done. Um, and I took pictures of them and, and incorporated them in my work. Yeah, I said it's 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 taking me, you know, back into that era, which is different to the Atlantis one, which is maybe there is another book coming out and you're there taking another, another dimensional trip, somewhere else. <laughs> well, there is, there is a second book, and it it, it does follow them into uh, Egypt, where the the main group of priests and priestesses go over to Egypt. So that's that's an interesting story ah, as well. okay well I'm looking forward to that one as well most certainly um, you know I love how a story you know we, there's always a beginning and an end but when we look at it it's the end is just you know a platform for a new beginning and and if we look at again with that with our lives it, we we have chapters within our own novel of life don't we yeah, and yes, we do. Yeah. So many. <laughs> and, you know, some books are really big and some, some are several books and volumes in life. It's just depending mm-hmm. what what we put into our lives. But, you know, this um, linearization, you're born, you're educated, you marry, you have kids, you retire, you die. You know, we don't, we're never designed to live that way, are we? Um, we are adventurers and seekers and explorers and and um, intriguers and and. Um, inquirers and we really should step into that role more willingly and we're multi-dimensional creatures mm-hmm. we spirits we uh, uh, inhabit many dimensions at the same time which is that overlap and that overflow and our and whether it's a linear or non-linear if you think in terms of non-linear all of our past lives exist at the same time which is really very interesting mm-hmm. concept to think about but and they bleed over into each other and one can affect the other. So if you work on a past life, then it will affect your present life because because they overlap. I want to ask about your past life regression. Um, You know, I have some very, very strong memories of certain lifetimes, you know, being man, woman, being, you know, not so nice and being nice. And there's a lot of things. And I can't actually wear, you know, that color white that, you know, that it's, it's like institutional white. Uh, you know, because mm-hmm. I know that I was put in white coats, you know, that came to take me away. And, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and the memory is very strong. Um, yeah, and you talk about your your lives kind of melding together. How much do you actually see past lives affecting current lives? Uh, I think they can, especially if you had traumatic things happen. Mm-hmm. They can definitely bleed over into the future. And I think that's why doing past life regression therapy oftentimes is very helpful because you can bring that a life that is actually uh bleeding over into your present life you can you can work with that and you can um get rid of the charge that's around the emotional content in that life and it can release stuff that's happening things that are happening to you in this present life um, that could be interfering with your ability to move forward or to do certain things that um, you want to accomplish in this life. Back in '94, I had 172 lifetimes, uh, lifetime pattern removed from me. 
and it was quite an extraordinary experience. And wow. then, you know, after that, it was, I no longer have this condition on me. Um, and it's like, who am I? Because I was made up of all of these lifetimes of this pattern, and now this pattern was broken. And it, you know, became, and it still is, a discovery of who am I in this lifetime? And uh, it's been quite an extraordinary journey. Yet, I still do feel, you know, some past lifetimes very much coming in and out. And, um, you know, a couple of them maybe not so friendly uh, or not so nice, but, you know, because I think that I think we can go through lives um, sometimes as not such nice people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I definitely, I know I've been an executioner and I think I've been a, um, a an assassin um, in my past life, most certainly been along that way. But mm-hmm. it's kind of, Again, keeping that light, isn't it? You know, that balance in there and making sure that those, you know, memories don't, um, or those past lives. Do you think that they come in at times of need? Uh, probably so. Mm-hmm. Probably so. I mean, I, I don't really know that, but um, I think that we, we all have lived every gamut that you can live from, mm-hmm. from the very dark to the very light. I think that that's part of what our souls are here to do is to experience life from all angles mm-hmm. and, and to not judge ourselves for the, the lives that we consider dark or consider consider bad or consider that we weren't good people, but to know that it's all a, all a part of learning what dark and light is and it's a, it's a process. And then all of us have free will so we, we're all part of the process as it's happening so it doesn't condone hurting anyone or, mm-hmm. or, or or that sort of thing but it also is part of the pattern and part of the the, the process of our learning and becoming full full souls full full spirits you know you, you talk about free will you know that choice we have in life yeah. But I think there are so many um, human beings that go through life without realizing they do have a choice. They're so conditioned by society's expectation that they don't realize they have free will. You know, yeah. they just become sheeple following, you know, whoever's uh, herding them along. You know, how how do people step into that free will? I think it's a matter of, of, of really looking, of looking and, and, and examining who and what we're doing what 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 is it we're we're doing and why are we doing it and who's behind making the the rules for us and to to look at something and and say look at it directly and say is this my choice is this who i am and it's not always that simple to just Mm -hmm. let go of those patterns because like you said you had that that whole uh session where they, they let go of a, you let go of 174 past lives. 172, yeah. 172, uh, which is which is pretty phenomenal and very very, uh, I'm sure it was extremely helpful. Oh yeah. But but I, I think it, it, things like tools like past life regression helps, uh, therapy helps uh, just trying to be conscious and looking at, at what, you're, what you're doing reading lots of books that have ideas in there that trigger things for you. Yeah. I mean, it's a number of tools. You, but but I think the intention is the important thing. You 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 intently you you're focusing your intention on wanting to know. Yeah, and and there has to be that willingness to step into ownership, doesn't there? Yes. 
which has has a double edged sword. You, you you're responsible then. Yeah. You, you can't blame anybody. Exactly. You can't be a victim anymore. I mean, uh-huh. it's it's your life, and David, you got you got to live it. Yep, and you know, good choices, bad choices, they're all part of your life's experience and stop beating mm-hmm. yourself up for it and learn, and what can, do you learn from this that you can take forward with you? Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly, and that's, our egos don't like that. No. Like to, our egos like to be perfect, and we just can't be perfect. <laughs> we're not, we're designed to be beautifully imperfect, aren't we? Because that's what yes. makes us perfect, is our imperfections. Um, it's more more beautiful that way. Oh. It's like like wood grain. If, if yeah. sometimes you know some of the the diseases that get into wood will make the most beautiful beautiful grain in 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 a wood. And so yeah, all those things we do actually add to the beauty of our lives. And understand that beauty comes from the inside out. You may be gifted with a beautiful exterior. But that doesn't mean you're beautiful. Uh, true beauty comes from the ins- inside out. It exudes out. And that's what makes people beautiful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So what's next for you? Have the two books. and You're doing your art and you're doing your, um, your regression work. Um, you know, what else uh, have you got on your agenda? Well, the next step, whichever, it, whatever it happens to be, right now... There is no agenda beyond getting my books out there um, and, and hoping and trying to get um, more information out about, about them. That's the main thing right now. But I would like to open up a little more uh, time so I can just focus on my art and do more art, which is really what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And the thing is about your books, you know, everything has a timing to it. It doesn't matter that you were introduced in 2002. Uh, you know, you, you're out there now, getting these books out there now, because it's relevant to where we are now as a society. And that, you know, when we look at these books, and there's many people I've interviewed who are like, I didn't know there was a book in me, and it just had to come out. And that's because it's needed. It it has not just a story to tell. It has that story of understanding where we are as humanity and helping us make a choice in which way we decide to go. Um, are we going to collaborate? Are we going to unite? Are we going to uplift? Um, you know, it is about collaboration and not competitiveness. It is about kindness and love and letting go of hate and fear. Um, and I think books... You know, they come out at the time they're meant to come out. And your story right now, you know, is is of a beautiful world that could have been absolutely supreme and divine for everybody, but for a few choices became its destruction. And I think it's very apropos to where we are right now. So your books are needed at the present moment. Thank you. And that um, is why I need to get out there with them. I, um and I hope everybody is wanting to um, check them out and see what they think. And if you check out my um, website, you can always make comments on um, send. You can send send me um, information or questions, and I'll be glad to answer them. So that's PaulaBates.com. Yes, PaulaBates.com, that's correct. And the Facebook is uh, Atlantean Legacy? It's Paula Bates, but Paula Bates Atlantean Legacy, okay. yes. 
and uh, um, so people can see your art when and you know go and look at her art it's it's beautiful you obviously you sell your art as well and yeah. it's just so beautifully pleasing you know thing is about art um, as with anything give it a moment let it speak to you pay attention to what it's telling you uh, because it's what you need to hear at that time and as I said I'm enjoying the book tremendously I can't wait to kind of get back to it which means I have to give a window of time with no work yeah. <laughs> let me just curl up with the book and read it and I'm looking forward to the to the next one as well because I love where it's going but I also love very very much the way it parallels where we are in life right now and that choice I think as 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 humanity in, at the present time what are we going to feed are we going to feed the universal energy that allows each one of us to shine or are we just going to feed the tower and the sky's light at the expense of everybody else and this is where i think humanity at the present moment has to make its choice of you know where it wants to supply its energy to yeah so whether we want to be fear-based or love-based yeah that's the bottom line yeah and you know i often refer to you know what happened in paris and i love the fact that you know i think it was the next day or the day after how they came together and said, doesn't matter what you do to us, we're a city of love and we will come together and heal as a city of love. And I think that is such a wonderful example to humanity of um, if somebody's taken from you, you have, you know, the hate is natural. It's a human condition. But, you know, forgiveness and rising above and choosing love over hate is where you find your strength where you find your courage and really where you find that divine purpose um and when we come together united in love we really become the part of the healing equation yes yes um and i think that the paris thing is absolutely a, a beautiful example of that i saw something on facebook where they had lined up they, they weren't allowed to do the protest uh, the protest because they um uh, that conference was going on at the time mm -hmm. uh, and they couldn't do the marches that they were going to do and so they all lined up their shoes and I saw some pictures of that that was just incredible there were thousands of shoes that they lined up they put there in instead well we're hearing the voices now we've got this big trumpet going on that's loud and obnoxious and then you have this undercurrent voice of let's be accountable let's step up let's unite you know let's let's do what we need to do which you know there isn't any sugar coating there isn't any i'm sprinkling some fairy dust there is like there's a whole lot of crap to be cleaned up but we can do it together yeah. <laughs> right and and that's kind of what i like uh, about his attitude you know that this is what's wrong but this is what we could do to make it right and we're not going to do it alone we have to do it as united and together and it's such a different message um to what's going on on the other side and this is the thing it's a time to really for us to all look at our own lives and go what are we going to step up to be a part of because mm -hmm. in the end it's our legacy isn't it it's our purpose of why we're here and it's our time to expand and, and to, like you said, to step up and to become our bigger selves. And what we're meant to do and who we really are as a as a human being race. Yeah. yeah. Well, this has been an absolute delight. Um, you have past life uh, regression workshops. Have you got any going on at the present moment? No, I'm not doing any workshops at this time. Um, I'm 
really just focusing on on the books right now. That's my main thing right now. Well, definitely focus on them because they're, you know, folks. This is don't just read it as an adventure. Look at its parallels to what's going on in life right now. Look at you know the parallel to yourself and allow your inner voice to come out and go. I relate to that or. You know, this is something you need to stop and look at and release within yourself because in in many, many ways, this beautiful factional tale here is um, a beautiful manual to your own self-recovery and your own inner voice if you allow it to be. And um, it's um, very, very easy to read. It's got a beautiful energetic flow to it. Um, a lovely, simple story with a great deal of depth. So I highly recommend that you read it and uh and the next book to see where they go on in Egypt. That sounds fascinating too. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very Will much. Will there be a third I, book in the series? Possibly, even a third. Um, and thank you so much for having me on your show. I just, I really enjoyed talking to you. It's, it's just great. Well, it's been an absolute delight. So you can get the book from um, paulabates.com and on Amazon. And uh, it's in bookstores as well. Uh, no, this is just online. It's online, but you can get the, there's a, a paperback copy as well as the Kindle, or if you go to Barnes and Noble, so you can get it from there as well. And I've got the paperback here right now. And there's nothing better than having a good paperback book in your hands and reading. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, definitely, um, highly recommend you get it, folks. Read it, pay attention, let it take you where you need to go. But also just the story of Atlantis and how it fell. And let's make sure that we don't fall along with it. Um, a great example of what we shouldn't and should be doing right now. Thank you so much, Paula, for being with us here today. Thank you. I appreciated it. And remember, folks, it all starts with you. When you start taking ownership in your own life and your own choices, you become part of the equation that becomes part of the solution. Until next time.